At first glance, the, the opening of Mark's gospel is simply the missionary life of John the Baptist. It tells us how he looked, um, the sort of the clothes that he wore, the food that he ate, tells us about where he was and what he was doing, and that the people came to see him at the Jordan and received a, a water baptism of repentance. But this passage isn't really about John, is it? For the entire passage actually points not to John the Baptist, but beyond to the one that John the Baptist points towards. It tells us this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is simply the good news that John is there preparing the way for Jesus preparing the way for us to get close to God. John's in the wilderness, camel hair, leather belt, honey and wild locust. And it's a vision of a man dressed much like Elijah, who himself is described in two kings as a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. I imagine he had more than just a leather belt around his waist. There might be other comments if that was all he was wearing. But the NIV in Zechariah 13 takes it further. He takes that idea of a hairy man, possibly a beard. Don't know how long that beard would be. Or long hair. Um, and, uh, and pushes it further and says, a man with a garment of hair with a leather belt around his waist. And so we can understand why in John the Baptist, people see something of Elijah, a new Elijah, one that dresses the same and that speaks of repentance, of living God's way. The honey water was known as a wilderness substitute for wine and, and locusts of a nutritious substitute for normal meat that we might be used to. I don't know how many of you have eaten locusts. Many? No? No? No hands going up. I once, I once in an evening service brought various insects that could be eaten. You know, and one or two tried. I didn't bring any today, you'll be glad to know. I'm sure they've got much finer fare out the back for the, the, the Christmas lunch, you know. Um, but uh, they, they can be eaten. In some cultures, insects are eaten uh, quite commonly as part of the diet. It's supposed to be a food of the future. But we see here it's a, a food that was well established in the past too, very nutritious. Uh, some uh, think of the locust as being uh, short for locust beans. And in Sunday school some years ago, that was 
what was often taught, but actually it is the, the insect. But I, I, I digress. John eats this strange diet because that's what's there. That's what's provided for him in the wilderness. And he eats and he drinks and people come to him. And he offers baptism in water as a sign of turning from sin. But this water baptism does not itself bring forgiveness of sin. If it could have done that, then there would be no need for Jesus to come, to be born in Bethlehem, to minister in Galilee and the other regions of the Holy Land. There would be no need for him to die on the cross at Calvary or to rise from the tomb offering new life. Neither John the Baptist nor anyone else could cross the great divide between humanity and God that is caused by sin. Only through Jesus could such a change, such a bridge be built and a new way forward be offered, a way of new life. And the forgiveness of sins comes from accepting Jesus as our saviour. And when we do that, we are baptised with the Holy Spirit. We receive the Spirit in our heart. And it's a marker that lies there. A sign of eternal life, but also equipping us and uh, restoring us to be God's people. John's water baptism was a preparatory preparatory baptism. That's probably a better word, isn't it? A preparatory baptism. A getting ready baptism for the baptism that would come of the Holy Spirit that comes through Jesus. And it's an important recognition and a step along the way. But it did not in itself wash away sin. And John knew this. John knew that his ministry was not an end to itself. He knew that there was one coming, one that he was preparing the way for, one that could take the people back to God. And so he points to the Messiah. Now, whether John knew fully at the start of his ministry that his cousin Jesus, who had caused him to starve while in his mother's womb, uh, whether he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, we, we don't know. Though it would become clear when the Spirit would descend like a dove. This passage is a about that getting ready for the time when Jesus' ministry would begin. A getting ready. It's this passage with a, a prologue and a sense of prophecy, a bit of preparation, and also the proclamation of what he was doing. 
about there was one whose sandals he wasn't worthy to untie, one who was mightier than anyone who has ever been. And John recognized that. But also think of that sense that John, who said, this is the one whose sandals I can't untie, that I can't do the lowest job for. That one who came was on the night he was betrayed, willing to bend down and untie sandals and wash disciples' feet. He was the one who could save us all and serve us all by his great love. Since the fall in Eden, it had been a time of bad news. For sin had taken hold in the world. But now is the time of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What does this passage say to us, though? What does it say to us today? Well, if we haven't made a commitment, a commitment to Jesus Christ, then the issue remains that we're separated, doesn't it? But there's this solution that would come in Jesus, who John was getting the world ready for. But I imagine... I imagine most of you, maybe all of you, have already put your faith in Christ maybe many, many years ago. So what does it say to that? It is that whoever we are, whether we like it or not, whoever we are, we're called to serve. We're called to carry on preparing the way of getting things ready, not for Jesus' first coming into the world, but for his coming again. It reminds us that we have a message of good news. And it's a good news that's not just for us individually, but for our friends and family and all that we meet, our neighbours and those that are more distant too. And it challenges us to think, maybe not of the clothes that we wear or what we eat, but makes us think more generally about how others see us, about our lifestyle. Does it point towards the good news we have? When others see us, do they see our humility that was there in John but also there in our Saviour Jesus. 
the one who was there at the beginning of all creation, but yet was laid in a humble manger. Do we dare speak of the one who is God's gift of love to the world? Because this is the time to do it. The time when everywhere is speaking of Christmas. And so it's right that we put Christ back into the word. So as it's on everyone's thoughts, let that sense of preparation, this time of waiting, this time of Advent, as we light candles or maybe open doors and get a little bit of chocolate out, some of you, may it be a time of getting ready, not simply ourselves, but for the world, of getting ready for Christ. Because the Son of the Father came to make a difference. So may we be part of that making a difference in the world. May we have a new beginning, one that prepares the way. Amen.